darkest before the dawn. A Good Omens Fic, written by Phoenix Saw, read by Literarian. Chapter 4 Use Your Words Between the tragedies spearheaded by heaven, the world continues to turn and life goes on, on its never-ending march. During these calm stretches, Crowley comes to find, for all that Haziraphale is unnecessarily empathetic to the plight of humans, he remains unwaveringly strong. As time ticks by, Aziraphale buries down his sorrows and uncertainties and smiles like the sunshine at humans and life and Crowley. A lot of the time at Crowley, over decadent meals, quality liquor, amiable conversations and the occasional gift. From the moment humans learned that language is not restricted to sound and that it can be carved into stone and inked on scrolls, Aziraphale had fallen in love with the idea. Over the years, Crowley has observed his fascination with writings and hobby of collecting them. And he makes a point to offer his contributions every now and then. Because, while good food and drink always go down well with Aziraphale, the sheer smouldering affection he emanates at being presented with papyri and scrolls of vellum, even writings on animal hide, is unparalleled. Crowley gives him such gifts and is rewarded for his troubles with a dazzling smile, a lovely blush, and, on most occasions, a sweet kiss to his lips. It's nice. Even nicer still when they retire after a day spent together and Aziraphale spreads his legs for him. The angel is willing to, always. He's made it abundantly clear that he craves and enjoys Crowley's touch and presence. Crowley himself is quite satisfied with how things between them are progressing. Time spent with Aziraphale never feels like a drag. The angel is good company and a good fuck. He is in need of good company when they run into each other in Rome, not long after that appalling debacle in Jerusalem and Golgotha. Rome is a hive of sin, which naturally makes it crowly seen, but there are only so many times he wants to fuck Caligula and his senators. Make Rome an even bigger den of inequity than it already is. Not that Rome needs any infernal help to go down that road. Hell had ordered. Crowley had shrugged and started his new job, and while he has inspired the humans to commit some spectacular acts of debauchery in those orgies of theirs, he is rapidly tiring of having the Emperor's leecherous hands on him. So when Aziraphale catches him in the taberna, where he joins Crowley for a jug of housebrown, the demon's sour mood swiftly drains. Right now, he'd much rather take Aziraphale over a single other human in Rome to bed and preferably keep him there. 
But first, dinner. Aziraphale is enthusing about some new restaurant he wants to try, and he is always more amenable to other activities after he's been plied with food and pampered. And pampering Aziraphale is a skill Crowley has supremely mastered. The oysters make him laugh, however, when their platter is served at Petronius's. I can see why people are obsessed with eating these things. Crowley comments as he picks up a mollusk for closer inspection. Oh? Aziraphale looks at him with interest. Why? Crowley snickers. <laughs> Humans have always enjoyed eating pussy. It takes a few seconds for Aziraphale to understand. He blushes deeply, looking so scandalized that Crowley laughs harder. Really, my dear, Aziraphale chides him. But upon casting his gaze across the impressive spread before them, he has to admit, I suppose it does make sense for the Romans to believe oysters are of an aphrodisiac nature. They do rather resemble, don't they? Resemble what, exactly? Crowley leers at him. You know what I mean, says Aziraphale, reaching for an oyster. Crowley rolls his eyes, amused. Angel, I literally taught you how to eat me out thousands of years ago. And Satan knows how many times I've had my mouth on you. You should be able to say the fucking word now. What do they resemble? Pursing his lips, Aziraphale squirts lemon juice over his oysters, then looks right at Crowley and says, A vulva. Crowley wheezes, shaking with laughter, while the angel raises the mollusk to his lips and slurps up the muscle, somehow making the whole process look downright prim. You bastard. When Aziraphale beseeches him to try at least one, Crowley humors him and then fixes the angel with a lascivious look. It tastes all right, but I'd much rather eat the one between your legs. It's much prettier, too. Aziraphale goes red and begins to splutter. I... I don't... that is... I'm not... In hindsight, perhaps, that is the moment when Crowley ought to have first picked up on the new bodily change Aziraphale is trying out. As it is, he merely encourages Aziraphale to finish the oysters because he is looking forward to introduce him to the bathhouses afterwards. Crowley is responsible for encouraging much of the degenerate behavior that takes place in those public pools and he is gleefully eager to rope Aziraphale into it. He is currently wearing a cunt himself. It has been a while since their genitals matched, and Crowley is already imagining all sorts of filthy acts he wants to get up to with Aziraphale. It's only after they enter one of the balnier that Crowley discovers their efforts are not matching after all. 
The sun has set by then, and the warm waters of the tepidarium pool shimmer under the flame of several torches lit around the chamber. There isn't another soul in sight, which makes Aziraphale stop in his tracks as he follows Crowley through the bathhouse. Crowley, who has sent his dark toga into the ether, looks back questioningly. I thought there would be people, says Aziraphale, clutching his toga protectively about him. Usually, yeah, but let's say they were all mysteriously inclined to go home to their wives for once, Crowley says with a grin. He is prepared for the look of gratitude Aziraphale sends his way. Millennia later, the angel still hesitates to even kiss Crowley in public. He's chalked up his reasons to head off his might-catchers, but Crowley knows it's mainly out of a mildly irritating sense of public decency. He is not prepared for that look to freeze when Aziraphale takes notice of Crowley's chosen genitals for the time being. Oh, he says in a strange tone. Impatient, Crowley waves an arm at him. Well, go on. Or do you plan on getting in the bath fully clothed? I just... Biting his lip, Aziraphale turns around before he begins to undress. Crowley blinks, taken aback by this unexpected display of shyness as the angel carefully folds his garment and puts it aside. Aziraphale hesitates again, shifting his weight uncomfortably. When he turns back at last, whatever Crowley had been about to say catches in his throat. Nestled between Aziraphale's legs is not the pussy Crowley has been thinking about all through dinner, but a cock. He gives a low whistle. Already self-conscious, Aziraphale reddens further at the reaction. He cups his palm over himself. Hey, none of that, says Crowley, approaching him. Thousands of years, and the one time I catch you with a prick, you hide it? That's cruel. It's just... Aziraphale blushes harder when Crowley stops in front of him. I... I only wear it when I have to. I thought there would be people here, and... Well, it's easier to blend in with this configuration on this type of body. Crowley chuckles. It is just like Aziraphale, he muses, to think along those lines and forgo the genitals he has been comfortable with since the literal beginning. Not that Crowley is complaining. He's been more than content to fuck Aziraphale's lovely cunt and arse this whole time, but in a corner of his mind he has wondered about potential sex with a cock-wearing Aziraphale. In a distant sort of way, the sheer novelty of the idea has always excited him, and now, as he urges Aziraphale to pull his hands away, 
that excitement manifests anew in his guts. Oh, look at this, Crowley murmurs, going down on his knees. Aziraphale makes an embarrassed sound, which Crowley ignores in favour of eating up the angel's new genitals with his eyes. Aziraphale's cock is pleasingly thick and of a modest length. It hangs, soft and flaccid, from the smattering of blonde curls on his pelvis, attached to a heavy pair of balls. Everything is there, and all of it is perfect. I once said you might see the perks of wearing a cock some day says Crowley breathily, running his fingertips over the smooth shaft. It's today, angel. Aziraphale exhales shakily. Are you certain? I could change. Perish the thought. Crowley grasps him by the front of his hips, digging into the delectable layer of fat covering his hip bones with his thumbs. I've been wondering about this for millennia. Surely you won't deny me now. Crowley grants Aziraphale two seconds to raise a protest. There is none. Moaning eagerly, he swallows him down without preamble. It's just like the first time Crowley put his mouth on Aziraphale's pussy. An involuntary cry of pleasure is drawn from those pink lips when Crowley engulfs him, holding the angel's length snugly in the wet heat of his mouth. Carefully, he undulates his long tongue, taking full advantage of the serpentine skills unique to him to lave over and around Aziraphale's fat prick, making him gasp. His cock begins to harden, filling Crowley's mouth in a way he decides he really likes. He keeps up the licking for several seconds, basking in Aziraphale's rising, literally, pleasure before he hollows his mouth and begins to suck. Aziraphale cries out, his fingers winding through Crowley's short curls in a vain attempt to ground himself. The angel is a master cocksucker himself, having gagged on Crowley for some 2,000 years now, and Crowley revels in the heady rush of being able to finally show Aziraphale just how blessed good it feels. He pulls back to suck leisurely on Aziraphale's head, fluttering his tongue at the tip and pressing on the sensitive spot under the head. Aziraphale's grip tightens almost painfully in his hair, which spurs Crowley to bob his head, taking his cock all the way in with a moan. The increasing pitch of Aziraphale's moans sends jolts of arousal through Crowley. Heat is pooling within him, swiftly moistening him between his legs. 
gone are his earlier thoughts of riding Aziraphale's face or rubbing their cunts together tonight. No, Crowley wants his pussy stuffed, and he wants it now. Crowley, I... is all that Aziraphale can manage before he comes, spilling in thick ropes in Crowley's mouth. The demon sucks him down, swallowing every last drop of Aziraphale's bitter salt. When he is done, he leaps to his feet and shoves his tongue down Aziraphale's throat, sharing his taste between them. What a delectable mouthful you are, he hisses, drawing back with a self-satisfied smirk. Aziraphale is flushed all over, still trembling from his orgasm. Crowley kisses him again, more gently this time, ending with a teasing bite at his lower lip. Get in the bath, angel, he says in a low voice, dark with promise. And rub that pretty cock for me. You're going to eat my cunt and get me all nice and wet before I ride you dry. Aziraphale fairly whimpers at his words. On shaky legs, he rushes to obey. Crowley doesn't waste any time. A distant fantasy of his is coming true after literal thousands of years. As soon as Aziraphale is set on the ledge lining the length of the pool walls, submerged to his chest in warm water, Crowley moves into position. Stepping into the pool, he plants one foot on the ledge beside Aziraphale's hip and the other on the raised ground by his head, angling his cunt at Aziraphale's face. He grabs the angel by his hair, tilting his head back so that his mouth is right under Crowley's pussy. Go on, then, he says silkily. You know how I like it. And, angel? Aziraphale blinks up at him, his blue eyes bright with both arousal and surprise at the turn this evening has taken. I want you hard and leaking by the time I'm ready. With that, he rests his cunt on Aziraphale's lips, which immediately part to taste him. Crowley sighs with pleasure as Aziraphale eagerly begins to eat him out, wrapping a grounding arm around Crowley's leg on the ledge beside him. He starts out with teasing kitten licks at Crowley's clit before tonguing along his folds to probe inside his cunt where he is already hot and slick. Under the water, Crowley can see Aziraphale working his free hand on his cock, grasping it firmly to tug it back to hardness. His movements are sure and swift, and Crowley wonders if that confidence comes from years of jerking Crowley off, or whether Aziraphale touches himself in the rare instances he wears this particular set of genitals. Frankly, 
either is enough to make him throb with heightening arousal, and Crowley moans when the angel licks into his vagina, fucking him as deep as he can. Aziraphale is making lewd little noises, and he seems unbothered by the slick smeared over his lips and chin as he pulls back to suck on Crowley's clit. Mm. Crowley tangles his fingers in Aziraphale's soft curls. He can stay like this for hours, won't mind coming in Aziraphale's sweet mouth over and over again, but he's thrumming with a different sort of anticipation tonight. He's beginning to understand Aziraphale's position the first time they'd fucked, when the angel had wanted Crowley inside him before he came. Being what he is, Crowley has fucked and been fucked by all kinds of humans. He knows what it feels like to have a cock inside him, but not Aziraphale's. And right now, he finds that, yes, he would much rather come on the angel's cock this first time. Tightening his fingers in Aziraphale's hair, Crowley tugs him off. He whines in protest, his tongue licking at air as Crowley moves away. Are you hard for me? Crowley asks breathily as he settles into the water, planting his knees on either side of Aziraphale's thighs on the ledge to straddle him. Breathing hard, the angel leans back against the wall of the bath, letting Crowley take over. Crowley reaches between them to grasp Aziraphale firmly. Do you know how incredible your cunt feels around my cock every time I fuck you? He murmurs, enjoying the other's evident arousal. Let me show you how good a warm, wet cunt feels, eh? Huh? Lining them up, Crowley slowly sinks onto Aziraphale's prick with a shuddering sigh. The angel's thickness stretches him the way he likes, making him moan at the fullness as he takes him all the way inside. Bottoming out, Crowley wiggles on his lap, immensely pleased. Mm, that feel good? Aziraphale just gazes at him with wide eyes, his jaw slack. I've thought about this for a long time, Crowley breathes. Fuck, I knew you'd feel amazing inside me. Leaning forward, he kisses the angel deeply, wrapping his arms around his broad shoulders. Aziraphale quickly grabs Crowley by the waist, and they exchange urgent, filthy kisses, joined under the water. Crowley doesn't give Aziraphale warning before he moves. He lifts his hips until the other's cockhead catches at his entrance, and then slams back down in one swift move. Oh! Aziraphale cries out, his eyes rolling back. 
Digging his fingers into Aziraphale's shoulders, Crowley moves his hips fluidly, calling on his vast range of experience to ride the angel's cock the way he has fantasized. Aziraphale feels wonderful inside him, hard and thick, and Crowley groans appreciatively at how his girth splits him open, massaging the walls of his cunt just right. Pinning Aziraphale by his shoulders to the wall of the bath, Crowley leans in slightly, adjusting their position just so. On the next thrust, Aziraphale's stick slides directly over the spot Crowley is aiming for, punching a breathless keen from him. Oh, angel, fuck, fuck, fuck. Panting, Crowley picks up the pace, fucking himself on Aziraphale for all he is worth. Water splashes about them from the force of his movements, and the angel looks gone, his eyes fluttering shut and lips parted in an endless cry. His strong hands are still closed around Crowley's waist, not so much guiding him as helplessly holding on. Crowley can feel his climax approaching. Gritting his teeth, he deliberately clenches down on Aziraphale, squeezing his prick with every upward snap of his hips. He is determined to make him finish first. Come on, angel, give me one more, he grunts, bouncing on his sturdy thighs. You'll come for me again, won't you? Fill up my pussy with your cum. Another thrust, two, three more, and Aziraphale sobs Crowley's name, squeezing his waist while his prick spurts, throbbing deliciously inside the demon. The feel of it makes Crowley shudder. He grinds down frantically, rubbing his aching clit on Aziraphale's pelvis until his own orgasm crests, his walls pulsing around the lovely cock impaling him. Aziraphale slumps bonelessly against the edge of the pool, panting. Crowley remains astride him for a while, watching with languid satisfaction as the angel comes down from his high. With a little shiver, he slides off the softening prick and settles on the ledge beside Aziraphale. What's the verdict, then? Losing your cock virginity feel good? He asks, lifting an arm accommodatingly when Aziraphale shifts to lean against him. Aziraphale nods with a tired hum, tucking himself into Crowley's side. It felt nice. Well, that's a bit underwhelming, Crowley thinks. Next time I'll take you up my ass. You thought my pussy was tight? Just you wait, <laughs> he tells Aziraphale with a lazy chuckle. Blushing a little, the angel gives Crowley a small smile. However, he still doesn't seem as enthused as Crowley might have thought he'd be.
Crowley fixes him with a discerning look. So, now that you've tried both, what feels better for you? Fucking or being fucked? For him personally, the perks of being a demon of lust entails carnal enjoyment in any and all forms with any and all genitalia. But he's beginning to suspect that's not true for Aziraphale. Opening his mouth, Aziraphale hesitates for a second too long. I like both, he says quickly. You have a preference, don't you? Crowley states shrewdly. I dearly enjoy both. We can do whatever you like, my dear. Crowley raises an eyebrow. The angel is not wholly truthful. Fine, then. He won't push him. If Aziraphale wants something from him, he will have to use his words, and Crowley will teach him that. Crowley had waited 2,000 years for Aziraphale to fall into his arms. He is nothing if not a master at playing the long game, and compared to what he has accomplished so far, teaching Aziraphale this new lesson is barely breaking a sweat. After their new tryst at the Roman bathhouse, Crowley keeps those particular genitals for the next several times they get together for sex. He gets Aziraphale to service his cunt the way Crowley has been pleasuring him for all these years and then makes the angel fuck him hard and fast. The experience is incredible every time, but after the third meeting, he sees Aziraphale grow frustrated at the end of their couplings. Crowley hides a knowing smile. He has a very good idea about what is bothering Aziraphale, but the angel has to say it. Aziraphale lasts five more similar sexual encounters without complaint, but then he breaks at the following meeting. He shows up with a cunt, and upon seeing that Crowley is back to wearing his cock this time, he positively lights up. Until Crowley, supine on the bed and stroking himself idly, tells him to swap his pussy for a prick. You're going to fuck me while I jerk myself off. Aziraphale's mouth goes tight, his previous light flickering out. He nods without a word and does everything Crowley demands of him. But at the end, when Crowley gives his ass a playful slap and prepares to leave, smacking a kiss on Aziraphale's neck, the angel grabs his hand. Wait, I... might we? Crowley raises his eyebrows quizzically. Might we what? If you're free and there's time to... Yes. Red in the face, Aziraphale avoids his eyes. Maybe we could... 
you could... What, Aziraphale? Inside me, he whispers. A slow smile twists Crowley's lips. Course, Angel, he says sweetly. Whatever you want. Relief floods Aziraphale's face, so openly expressive it's nearly tangible. He sighs when Crowley kisses him, the tension slipping off his shoulders as he is pushed down onto the bed. Unlike their first round, Crowley takes his time with Aziraphale, slicking him up first with his tongue and then his fingers until the angel is begging and squirming in his arms. The first push of his cock inside has Aziraphale keening in a way Crowley hasn't heard from him since the Roman bathhouse. By the time Crowley has fucked him through two more orgasms, the angel is a shivering mess. Without pulling out, Crowley leans down to hiss in his ear. There now, was that so hard? Asking for what you want? Blinking rapidly, Aziraphale stares up at him. Crowley gives a low chuckle. <laughs> Here's the thing, Aziraphale. You come to my bed, I fuck you however I like. If you want something, you need to use your words and tell me what you want. Understand? He drops a kiss on Aziraphale's parted lips. You weren't honest with me before, were you? You do have a preference. This time, Aziraphale nods, looking embarrassed and reluctant. And use your words. I... <clears throat> I really do like um, making love to you, but I... I think I get more pleasure from... from... Crowley decides to take pity on him. Being fucked? Yes, Aziraphale whispers. Like this? Crowley rolls his hips, grinding his cock, still hard and aching, inside Aziraphale. He moans, arousal flashing anew on his face, and for the next several minutes, very little talking is to be had. Afterwards, Aziraphale snuggles close to Crowley and asks, looking anxious, Do you dislike it that I prefer being on the receiving end? I mean, I don't intend to be every time, of course not. I certainly wouldn't want you to miss out on any pleasure. It's fine, Angel. I like fucking you. Most of my best orgasms are with you. Crowley tells him in a moment of candor that surprises even himself. Blushing, Aziraphale gives him a look brimming with emotion. He pulls Crowley into a kiss that feels far more romantic than the ones they usually share in bed. Crowley lets him have it. 
Besides, I'm not missing out, he continues, sliding off the bed to get dressed. I have plenty of assignments with all sorts of debauchery to be getting on with. All of a sudden, and at once, Aziraphale's face falls. Oh. Crowley catches the reaction. Lips twitching, he leans across the bed to give him one more kiss. Well, gotta go. Seduction tonight? Aziraphale asks tonelessly. Yep, Crowley lies. The old jealousy suffuses through the room, stifling in its intensity. Crowley turns away to pull on his clothes, hiding his smile. Sex with a jealous Aziraphale is mind-blowing. Despite, or perhaps because of, the fact they're already sleeping together, that particular quality of Aziraphale never fails to rise to the occasion. Crowley finds it's not limited to only mentions of his seduction assignments. Aziraphale's jealousy rears its head with greater ire when they're together and Crowley happens to unwittingly turn on his thrall, which draws flirtatious gazes, comments and even bold touches from susceptible humans in his vicinity. Sometimes he turns on his charm not so unwittingly as well. Because the sex later is, indeed, mind-blowing. Already a passionate and demanding thing in bed on normal days, Aziraphale on these jealous occasions becomes overwhelming in his attention to Crowley between the sheets. He begs for more as much as he gives more, seemingly driven by a hidden fire to prove to Crowley that he will never find a better fuck on the planet than Aziraphale. Sex with a jealous Aziraphale means hours upon hours of endless, filthy, gratifying orgasms. Crowley is more than happy to indulge, and indulge he does for centuries. For millennia. A bout of jealousy also entails Crowley upping his ongoing habit of buying the occasional gift for Aziraphale. Sometimes Crowley finds himself giving Aziraphale gifts for no concrete reason at all. He comes across some ridiculous heavy volume he knows Aziraphale will enjoy, pays up a hefty amount, that is, if he doesn't outright steal it, and then returns the angel's ecstatic smile with a nonchalant one of his own. It doesn't feel like a waste, even if the day doesn't end with them in bed. Crowley doesn't think too closely on it. Presenting him with books and baubles he thinks the angel will like. Crowley doesn't necessarily think of them as apologies, just little things to soothe Aziraphale's ensuing unhappiness and bad mood when Crowley is with someone else. In all honesty, 
it's not a chore to give Aziraphale the things he wants. Not when a little bit of caring attention and sex are enough for Crowley to reap the rewards, ultimately making his life much easier. He only has to string together a few words about cancelling each other out, opportunities to meet up more often and have more time to relax and enjoy each other's company, and just like that, Aziraphale agrees to Crowley's brilliant suggestion to strike a professional work arrangement between them, easy as anything. Decked out in his impressive silver armor, which sharply reminds Crowley of the Guardian of the Eastern Gate, Aziraphale peers at him through his visor and says quietly, Yes. Yes, Crowley later agrees against Aziraphale's lips, shushing his moans with passionate kisses as they rock together inside his tent that night, the angels soft and warm beneath him. Wrapped up in Crowley's arms afterwards, Aziraphale admits his worries about Sir Lancelot and his implications on the king's marriage to Queen Guinevere. Bingo! Crowley thinks, thoughts whirling on what he's going to do for his next job as the Black Knight. I'm sure it'll be fine, is what he croons instead into Aziraphale's hair, kissing his temple. In thousands of years, Crowley has found that a good shag is never a waste of time. But in recent years, sex appears to be losing its luster in some incomprehensible way. He could be fucking someone for pleasure outside of jobs, but sometimes his partners never seem to look right, sound right, feel right. There are increasingly frequent instances of Crowley losing interest halfway and leaving some confused human in bed. It's mildly concerning, to say the least, considering that he is literally made to fuck people into giving up their souls to hell. All this time, he'd considered himself lucky. He's working the easiest sin in the book. It should never be a problem for him. Yet, here he is. Crowley is going through another phase of this in London when, a few weeks after he's tricked Aziraphale into covering for him in Edinburgh, he comes across a human who finally catches his genuine interest. She appears both startled and incredulous to be receiving such attention from the likes of him. He doesn't understand why. Humans and their ever-changing silly standards of what constitutes beauty, probably. As far as he is concerned, she is lovely. Her body is soft and plump, her hair light and fair, and her eyes a match for the sky in their blueness. She blushes the whole time, embarrassed and self-conscious, though she has no reason to be. 
When Crowley has her nude and writhing under him, he fills his palms with the rolls around her hips and his mouth with her bouncing breasts as he fucks her. He realizes she was a virgin only after he's breached her and then thinks it's a shame that no one else had had the fortune to taste such a sweet morsel. At least she got great sex for her first time, Crowley chuckles to himself as they get dressed later. She will be ruined for it for a good long while. Leaving the room he has rented at the inn, where he's currently staying in London, the girl suddenly turns to him, going up on her toes to boldly press a kiss to his lips. Blushing, she bids him goodnight and hurries away, positively glowing. It is then that Crowley notices Aziraphale, who has just entered the inn, looking churlish and disheveled from his long travel. Breaking out into a grin, Crowley saunters over. Hey, Angel, how was Scotland? Aziraphale is staring after the plump young woman, his mouth set in a hard line. Did you get another assignment here? Nah, I'm off the clock. So just for pleasure? Crowley shrugs. Sex can become tedious when it's for work, but sometimes you just want to have fun, you know? And if it ends up with one more soul to be sealed and delivered to hell, well, just a bonus. Like that poor girl? Crowley starts to grin, sensing the jealousy bubbling within Naziraphale. She's fine. She now knows how that lush body of her deserves to be worshipped. And I got a good time out of it, so win-win. Do you still have a lot of sex outside of assignments? Aziraphale asks very quietly. Raising an eyebrow, Crowley peers at him. Aziraphale is jealous, yes, but there is more to his tone now, his whole being thrumming with an energy Crowley can't define. What are you getting at? He takes a deep breath. I need to talk to you. Crowley leads Aziraphale to his set of rooms. Locking the door behind them, he carefully sizes up the angel, who has taken not ten steps inside before he froze. He is staring at the bed where the sheets are still mussed up from Crowley's latest tumble in them. Turning to him, Aziraphale begins to wring his hands. But his voice is quiet and unwavering. If you need to, to feel good outside of assignments, why don't you come to me? It takes a moment for Crowley to process this. He blinks slowly, folding his arms over his chest. You want me to come to you every time I want a fuck, he says, somewhat incredulous. 
I could be halfway across the world on a job and I'm supposed to miracle myself over whenever I want pussy? Oh, cock, Aziraphale mutters. I don't mind. Whatever you want. Angel. Your lot don't seem to mind how much you use your powers, unlike mine. You could come to me whenever you like. Aziraphale, Crowley says more sharply. I can satisfy you. Aziraphale blurts, meeting Crowley's gaze with startling intensity. I know I'm not as experienced as you are, but I... I've always been a quick study, and... and... Aziraphale lowers his voice. You always seemed satisfied every time that we... Crowley regards him for a long moment. What exactly are you asking for? To be lovers? Is that it? You want my sexual fidelity? His mouth curls over the last word, unable to suppress a sneer. Aziraphale exhales, clasping his hands together. I want you, he says bluntly. Am I overstepping? Are you, are you completely against having a monogamous relationship? The unspoken, with me, at the end, couldn't have been louder. Crowley falls silent for a long minute, staring at Aziraphale. A part of him is contemplating the sheer hilarity of an angel, or anyone else for that matter, asking for commitment from a demon. But the other part is putting serious thought into the proposal. That's what it is, isn't it? In the older days, he just wanted to get Aziraphale to spread his legs for him. And once he achieved that and quickly realized it wouldn't be a one-time thing, he has been more than content over the past few millennia. But now Aziraphale is asking for more. A lot more. And in the process, he is revealing the true depth of his feelings and attachment to Crowley. And with that, the chance for Crowley to keep Aziraphale bound to him. Forever, essentially. Crowley considers it. Aziraphale is not wrong. He certainly is never unsatisfied after taking the angel to bed. And humans have been losing their luster outside of assignments lately. To his mild surprise, the answer isn't all that difficult. All right. Aziraphale goes completely still, staring at Crowley with utter surprise, disbelief and hope. Really? he whispers. With a smile, Crowley crosses the room and gently pulls Aziraphale into a kiss. For a split second, the angel hesitates, then he melts into Crowley's arms. 
They hold each other for a long time, just kissing slow and deep, until Crowley's hands find their way to Aziraphale's buttons. He helps Crowley to undress both of them, and when the demon pushes him toward the bed, he goes eagerly. Crowley miracles fresh sheets without even thinking about it. Aziraphale's body, ever so soft and lovely, gives under Crowley's mouth and his fingers and his cock as easily as if he were moulded purely for his touch. Crowley enjoys him slowly, relentless, until Aziraphale has fallen apart twice and then licks his own spend out of him until the angel collapses, boneless. But when Crowley murmurs in his ear, Give me your cock, angel. Aziraphale does so gladly, his eyes full of awe and adoration, while his hands, strong and reverent, grip Crowley around his slim waist, pulling him greedily down onto his hips. It feels like one of the longest nights they have spent together. Crowley brings Aziraphale to the edge of pleasure again and again, and every time the angel cries out his release, it is to sweet nothings of darling, sweetheart and dove murmured into his skin. Curling into Crowley's side hours later, when the angel is tinged pink with the first rays of the sun, Aziraphale whispers, Call me sweetheart again. Get some rest, sweetheart. Crowley obliges, and Aziraphale lays his head on his shoulder, his beautiful body wrung dry and satiated. And Crowley thinks he's never seen him look so happy and serene as he does in that moment. A new chapter opens in their lives, one that Crowley had not seen coming. For the first few decades, he keeps his word to be Aziraphale's exclusive lover only most of the time. He makes exceptions every now and then, when he comes across a human that tickles his fancy, or if he is too far away from Aziraphale to expend energy on flying or long-travel miracles. But as the years continue to roll by, those exceptions become rare and far between. Crowley grows aware that the few humans he fucks now bear some likeness to Aziraphale, whether it is the light shade of their hair, the blueness of their eyes, an enticing shyness to their smile, or the soft roundness of their build. Then the allure of these humans washes off too, for reasons Crowley doesn't fully understand. Why should he satisfy himself with weak one-night stands when he has the real thing, his angel, waiting to please him whenever Crowley wants? By the next century, Crowley has stopped sleeping with humans outside of his temptation assignments altogether. 
Part of him thinks he ought to be bothered by this, that perhaps it is a poor reflection of his libido as a demon of lust. But whenever he is with Aziraphale, who is unfailingly delighted to see him no matter the situation, Crowley is very much aware that his libido has not taken a hit at all. It seems to have just converged on a singular focal point. And when he's lying with Aziraphale in his arms afterwards, warm and sated, Crowley can no longer remember why he thought this ought to be a problem.' 